Welcome to Temple Talks, a new podcast from Temple Israel in Minneapolis, where Jewish wisdom meets our ever-changing world. Join us as we talk with our favorite partners and thought leaders from around town and around the world. We hope these talks will inspire you, challenge you, and give us all new ideas about Judaism, religious life, and social justice. Eileen Sussman is going to share a candid conversation with Rafi Forbush for them to talk about the importance of community that is inclusive. We as a Jewish community often think that we have one narrative, that of white Ashkenazi Jews, Eastern European and Western European Jews. And it is not our narrative alone. There's 20% of our community that is of color and throughout the world have beautiful stories to share and beautiful traditions. And so Rafi and Eileen and Orit and many others have started an MJA. It's a multiracial Jewish association, and it is part of our Minnesota community to share candid conversations. So today we will hear Eileen's experience as an Asian Jew in the Twin Cities community, and I'm going to turn it over to them because I want to hear their voices much more than mine. Welcome. Well, thank you, Rabbi Zimmerman. My name is Rafi Forbush, and I am the founder and executive director of the Multiracial Jewish Association of Minnesota, which concentrates on three main pillars, community, education, and advocacy. Our mission is to support, uplift, and advocate for the multiracial Jewish community of Minnesota. We build connections across racial identities and within the broader local Jewish community. We advocate for our collective place and purpose. We educate organizations, leaders, and allies on how to better support our unique community as part of the collective Jewish community. Tonight, I will be interviewing a member of of MJA and our Jewish community. Aline, thanks for being here tonight. Some people may already know you, but for those of you who don't, will you introduce yourself? Thanks, Rafi. Thanks, uh, Rabbi Zimmerman, for giving us this opportunity. My name is Aline Sussman, and I grew up here in Minneapolis. Um, My family members were family who are members of Temple Israel. uh, I'm married to my wonderful husband, Anthony, back here, and our son is a little off camera, but he's in the Jewel program at Temple Israel, and it's a community that we just really, really love uh, and feel at home at. As I mentioned, I grew up here and I identify as multiracial, specifically Chinese and Jewish um, or Jewish, as I call myself. Um, And I just want to say thank you again for having us here. Well, thanks, Aline, and thanks for taking the time to be with us tonight to share your story. Both, Both of us are Jewish and people of color, and anyone who identifies as such has their own lived experience. That's that's just a fact. What was it like for you to grow up uh, in in Minnesota as an Asian Jew? So growing up in Minneapolis, I was very aware that I was a double minority. In non-Jewish settings, I was different because of my Judaism. And in Jewish spaces, I was acutely aware of being um, in the minority because of how I looked and because of how people treated me based on their perception of, of my physical appearance. And I grew up very engaged in Jewish life. Um, I went to Hebrew school four times a week, synagogue, attended Jewish camps, um, and was bat mitzvah. 
And there I learned in an academic sense that I was part of a tradition of warm and welcoming people. Um, however, my reality and those teachings uh, sometimes were worlds apart. And I often felt isolated within the Jewish community and not understood or acknowledged or welcomed. And as a child, I would walk into a Jewish space with my parents and I would be stared at as if I was a stranger and didn't belong there. Uh, I felt the need to introduce myself with my Jewish sounding last name to prove to people that I was Jewish. Um, if they even engaged me at all, people would ask, are you adopted? What are you? Why are you here? Am I in the wrong place? Do I need to know what page we're on? And worst of all, are you Jewish? Um, and it really made me feel like people didn't want me there. Yet at the same time, these same people would embrace my white father and invite him over into their conversations. And imagine experiencing that dichotomy where part of your family is warmly embraced while you are shunned. Imagine being told during your Jewish upbringing that you are a Jew, you're part of the Jewish people, but then treated as a stranger or like you don't belong in that space. And then imagine how hurtful that is and how it can undermine your self-identity. And it's it can be dehumanizing. And because of these feelings and experiences, um, after my bat mitzvah, I completely disconnected from my Judaism, um, from the Jewish community. No synagogue, no Jewish camp, nothing. I just completely stopped and withdrew. And for many years, I didn't even tell people I was Jewish. Um, I walked through the world not even thinking about it as part of my identity, um, which was very sad to me. Um, it was very sad. And it wasn't until college where I even had a glimmer of an interest in anything Jewish. And I slowly re-engaged in Jewish, Jewish life over a period of years while still encountering behavior and comments from Jews that told me I didn't belong. And I still get some of those comments, sometimes even to this day. And I am only one person, but extrapolate that experience to thousands. And then imagine if those thousands of people dropped out of Judaism, chose not to be connected to or involved in the Jewish community. And then what if their kids chose that same path? What would that do to the fabric of our Jewish community and the future of our people? So it gives me great hope that by discussing these issues here, that our Jewish community will become more aware of them and understand that Asian Jews and other Jews of color are a part of our Jewish community and are seen, and that by being seen, we can be long um, where we belong, which is in every aspect of Jewish life. So what do you see when you see this picture? The one of the family with the menorah. Do you see Jews? This is me as a toddler and my Jewish family, my parents and an aunt and my mother's brother, who both my mom and my mother's brother are converts, uh, but us celebrating Hanukkah when I was a kid. So by tackling these issues as a community, I hope one day that it isn't even a second thought that that is a picture of Jews. And as the Talmud says, kol Israel aravim zebazeh, all Jews are responsible for each other. We want to ensure that all Jews feel that they are part of our community because they already are. And there is work to be done on an individual and communal basis to make sure that that happens. Wow. Thanks for being so open and honest about that. That's, I, I really do love that picture. It just kind of helps the, uh, just the idea of what does it look like to be Jewish? And that's a very complicated answer and just a beautiful picture. You are right. We are all responsible for each other. And it's no secret that over the past years, hate and violence against Asians is on a rise. With that in mind, 
And in light of last week's horrific violence against Asians and the Asian community, I really want to check in with you. And how are you doing? Well, I appreciate you asking. So thanks, Rafi. Um, this has been one of the toughest, toughest weeks I can remember in a very long time. Um, normally, I have a pretty high threshold for difficult things, but this past year's anti-Asian rhetoric and violence uh, has, have just affected me. Um, I've vacillated between feelings of worry, of fear, of anger, and especially at the media's whitewashing of the murders of the Asian women in Atlanta. Um, last week for me and other AAPIs, um, the danger has really reached an all-time high, one that I never would have imagined happening during my lifetime. And I worry about my physical safety. You know, I think twice about going to the store. Um, I worry about being insulted, yelled at, spit on, assaulted, or maybe even worse. And I spend a lot of energy staying very aware of who is around me at all times when I'm out in public. And even with a mask on, although I am pretty white representing, I could be a target. And I worry about my Chinese family also being subjected to any of this. And it, it's, it's frightening and it's also exhausting. Many don't realize it, but there's a very, very long history of anti-Asian racism, exclusion, hate crimes, and even campaigns of ethnic cleansing in this country. Um, and this has existed since Asians showed up on the American shores in the 1880s to build the railroads. Um, and back then, it was common to distribute anti-Chinese propaganda. Um, and I want to share a few examples, some of which are, I will warn you, pretty vile. Uh, it's hard to imagine them being published today, but I think they're very powerful examples. So, so this first image is a poster that literally is about a law that was trying to be passed. And you can see in it, it says, you know, hooray, Chinese excluded. And at the bottom, you know, no more Chinese exclamation point. It's just horrifying. Um, if you look at the second poster, I believe it is for a product, some sort of laundry product. And it shows Uncle Sam literally kicking Chinese people out of the country, down a hill. And the third one, this one always gets me when I see this. It's a just terrible portrayal of an Asian as an octopus. And every one of the octopus's legs has some sort of fear associated with Chinese. Um, gambling games, cheap labor, various diseases and the like. So, you know, discrimination isn't new. Um, you know, back in 1871, there was even, you know, a mob of rioters that went through Los Angeles and killed 10% of the Chinese community. And 1882, a federal law was passed to ban Chinese from immigrating to the U.S. Um, it was called the Chinese Exclusion Act. Um, and then, of course, the Japanese internment camps in World War II, the killing of Vincent Chin in 1982, and then up to last week's murders in Atlanta. And what's really made it harder is the reaction of the media and some segments of society to these murders. The, the reaction seems pretty tepid compared to the reaction to other hate uh, crimes that I've seen. I don't know, um, Rafi and others, if any of you saw the video of the Asian woman who was in San Francisco and was attacked about a week ago. Um, and she fought back. Um, luckily, she was strong enough to fight back, but she was, you know, 79 or 80. It shows in this video her yelling after the attack and her attacker being carried off in a stretcher. Um, and then she starts crying. And seeing that just completely broke me. 
Um, that could have been my mom. That could have been me. And I'm not naive to the fact that hate has existed and it's always been here, but now people are really emboldened to act on that hate. Um, Trump referring to COVID-19 as the China virus or the Kung flu has just put fuel on that fire. And to be honest, I really had it up to here with the hate. I, these past few years, the hate just seems relentless. Wow. Well, my hope is that as 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 an ally to you and to your as as your friend that when things like this happen in the future that our community can band together and in an effort to protect and advocate for you and to also in an effort to give you the space to grieve because i know when these kind of things happen we just need space to grieve we just need time so i believe that uh in these times that's what we need and and uh it'll help it'll help so that's my hope at least uh, your previous answer was so open and honest, and I really appreciate that. I'm curious, how do you deal with the intersectionality between both being Jewish and Asian? And does one come before the other? Excellent question. I'll, I'll answer the second part first. So I used to refer to myself in fractions. I'm half Chinese, half white, Jewish, but, but I don't do that anymore because I feel like my identity can't be split up that way. Um, both of them are so intertwined and so interdependent that they can't be unwound into separate things. And each of my heritages have their own beautiful histories and cultures. And sometimes I have experiences that are unique and based upon that particular heritage. Um, but how I currently identify and move through the world is, is as one person with that duality. And to answer the first part, uh, there's so much to discuss. <laughs> There's just not enough time and, and we're limited in our time together tonight, but you know, that's a conversation for another day, but I'll highlight a couple of things. As an Asian Jew until this year, I rarely spoke publicly about being Jewish and my experiences, whether positive or negative, that I've had throughout my lifetime and due to that intersectionality. Both of my heritages are really double-edged swords where I have two opportunities to experience the privileges of both but then also the downsides of both. And this last week, I have been acutely aware of feeling the historical trauma of both of those. Um, as Jews, as we know, many holidays are focused on the retelling and vicarious experiencing of past trauma. As we all know, the saying goes, they came after us, they tried to kill us, we survived, let's eat. <laughs> so we're gonna do that this weekend uh, at Passover Seder's. But similarly, on my Chinese side, um, who came over in the 1880s to Los Angeles, we've also experienced racism in various forms through four generations and counting. My great-grandparents were not allowed by law to live anywhere but Chinatown. And the types of jobs that they could hold also were restricted by law to something in you know, the food industry like grocery or laundry. Um, my grandfather had a little more opportunity than his parents, and he became a chemist, but every white man he trained was promoted above him, and his career was stymied by the racism. And my mom, you know, also has experienced racism simply from being Chinese. And of course, I too have had my own experiences. And I'm sure there were many incidents that these generations never spoke of, because when you're Asian, you were taught to put your head down to just work hard, to never complain, never say anything, don't report, 
don't speak up and avoid being a target as much as possible. And so that, that, that's a lot. And, um, you know, I'll also say that with the current violence against Asians, there also seems to be a lack of support from other marginalized communities, even though Asians have been vocally supportive of them recently. And I think that really demonstrates another aspect to colorism and perhaps could be rooted in unconscious bias. Um, and, and when it comes to Asians, a lot of people see us as being the same thing as white or being white. They don't see us as people of color, but, but we are. Um, and although many Asians have been able to assimilate into American society and have been somewhat accepted, we still are targeted in racist attacks because we aren't white. Sounds like how Jews have been treated in America, right? Right. So, you know, in Jewish spaces in particular, Asian Jews are often othered and not treated as, you know, traditionally Jewish. And that really serves to diminish our cultures and our identities. Um, and recently, as a resource, I'll just mention this, there was a really great film series called Lunar um, that explores the complexity of the issues that Asian Jews face. It's so important. And it's so important to even recognize that grouping people of Asian descent isn't even really giving Asian people the credit and just the the that there are more than, it's more than that, right? There's Chinese, there's Hmong, there's Japanese, and that's just to name a few. So to bulk them all into one and to think that because of that, they're all the same, it's just it's just not true. Um, as an example, there's, there's um, the idea of African-Americans and people from Haiti, right? And, and um, so just, just a, a thought that came to mind as you, were, as you were thinking about and talking about that. Identity within, even within the Jewish community is important and it allows us to truly see the, di the diversity that we, we are and the diverse community that we already are. What messages would you like to send to other Asian Jews or other Jews of color? I would say that there are many others just like you and experience, they're experiencing their Judaism similarly to you and you're not alone and we see you. And you are a part of this Jewish community, no matter what someone says to you or how they treat you. Never forget that. And, and I would also say, um, you know, when I was a kid, there wasn't a resource like MJA to help me feel like I was really, truly connected to the Jewish community. Um, or there's a BIPOC group here at Temple. And uh, I would say try to connect with other Jews of color in those spaces. And they are a great way to feel like you're connected to the community in a different way. Great, great. You're not alone. What a powerful message to send. And just real quick, um, because we're running short on time, uh, when I give uh, presentations and, and talk to people about these kind of things, uh, the, uh, people who are listening often have a very similar question, and that's, what can I do to help? Um, just real quickly, what would you like to say to them this evening? Well, how, how would you answer that question? A couple of things I want to highlight. Talk with those you're close to about these issues. Talk with your kids, um, especially. You know, I've recently struggled with how do I discuss this with my own child, but ultimately I keep it simple. You know, at the end of the day, we are all human and we all want to be treated with compassion and kindness. You know, I, I try to follow the golden rule as simple as it sounds, but treat others how you want to be treated. Um, I would also urge people to challenge their own assumptions about how they see uh, Jews or other people. 
Um, and speaking of people, there's a great book that really shaped my outlook on humanity when I was a kid, and it's called People. And it's a boundary pushing book that really is incredible in how it describes the ways in which we as world citizens um, are at once both different, but also the same. And it has beautiful illustrations too. It's from the 80s. It's, it's fantastic. And, and one more thing, May is Asian American Heritage Month. And it's a really good chance to learn about the history I've mentioned, as well as reflect on your own worldview. The more you know, the more you can recognize bias. Exactly. Well, thank, thank you. These are all really great uh, suggestions. If you'd like to learn more about MJA, um, please visit the website uh, mjamn.org. Donate, sign up for the mailing list, or just join our efforts. Um, share your thoughts with us tonight about tonight's interview by uh, reaching out to shalom at mjamn.org. Thank you, Eileen, so much for sharing your story, views, and experiences. I hope that our community can take something with them to think about going into Shabbat this evening around their Seder tables this weekend and hopefully much further beyond that. Um, a special thank you to uh, Temple Israel's clergy, staff, and community for giving us the opportunity to share tonight. We are all in this together and we will be stronger than ever. We are so blessed to have this moment of reflection and honesty and narrative. The Jewish people, um, beautiful people were a part of, and it has so much diversity within our community that we have not given voice to. And it is as though um, we ask for, please give us Jerusalem for we will lose our right hand. Well, I feel like we have lost so much a part of who we are by not opening that door to our diversity. So I look forward to changing that in the future. Thank you for listening to this week's beautiful episode of Temple Talks. As always, we love receiving your comments and questions. Please email them to tmoss at templeisrael.com and I will make sure that they reach their proper destination. Please subscribe to the podcast, share this episode with a friend, and we look forward to our next Temple Talk with you.